Hey, everybody, you are listening to a brand new episode of Is It That Deep, Though? Sorry about the delay. We recorded the other week and it wasn't good. <laughs> we scrapped it. It's all good. It happens. That's that's what good art is meant to be, where you are selective. Yes, we are artists. Now. Yes. We can't just put anything, any kind of thing, anyhow. We have exactly. We have to get it together. Um, how was your week? Uh, this past week, especially. Oh, you were in Houston. You didn't girl oh yeah no it was cold it was cool i felt bad for y'all and everyone in the rest of the state um yeah everybody else outside of houston was suffering apparently in houston it was dry as fuck and like it snowed for like i think an hour at like 2 a.m one day but it all melted at some point i will say though i've become so spoiled since moving back here from chicago because it is just anything below like 60 degrees pisses me off I'm like, I don't even know how I lived. I have screenshots on my phone when the weather was like negative four and I'm like walking to the train and being like, gosh, I don't even know. I can't live like that. I need to be like this weather to me, obviously Austin gets to like a hundred and that is ridiculous, but I appreciate living in a state where even if it's snowing for a week, the next week it's 70. It was literally 74 today. Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. week, people didn't have power. Oh <laughs> this week, God. we're just acting like it didn't happen. <laughs> I know. I know. I wore shorts. That was nice. To live in this state, you just have to be in a constant state of denial. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I'm too old. We've. I've aged out of political, you know, like, I can't believe they didn't get the power grid fixed yet. Why aren't these officials doing what they should do for us? I'm at the age where I'm like, oh, they're not going to do what they should do for us. But we keep voting them in. So I'm going to be quiet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> we do all this talking and say, well, just wait till we vote again. Just wait. Wait till the elections. And then the elections come. <laughs> I swear, like, after the elections, when they say, oh, yeah, it's the same dude. It's the same fucking dude. He's, oh, he's, my he, He's reinstated or he's reelected. I just be looking around like I thought we said I thought, but we didn't we say? Oh, we oh never mind. Okay, it's so <laughs> bad. Even during the last round of elections, I was waiting to vote, and then I had to do provisional ballot, just a bunch of nonsense. And the line was so long that people started leaving, and I was like, no. Oh, even though it's like Harris County, whatever, but still, you just there's so much disenfranchisement that it's crazy. It just yeah. I like to think fun. they came back. They were just like, you know what? I'm on my lunch break or, you know what? I got things to do. I'll come back tomorrow. I hope so. It was the last day and it was 7 p.m. and the polls are closed. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then that would be like, it's in God's hands. I'm One thing I'm not going to do is wait in a line for longer than like 10 minutes. Oh, if the line God. looks longer than 10 minutes, it's just not worth my time. I don't care what it is. Unless it's the line to get into heaven. Maybe that's, <laughs> I guess I could wait. I could wait a little bit longer. But. <laughs> I, oh my god but yeah i luckily didn't lose power i lost like wi-fi for a hot second but by that time mm. it was like both times it happened it was like 7 30 mm. i was like it is my bedtime so <laughs> i have no problem with going to bed right now i will <laughs> be in my bed i had so much free time that i like was watching the divergent series and <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's I like people when people ask me how how did you do like did you lose power were you okay I feel ashamed because I'm like I was chilling so hard I cut on Divergent and then I started watching Insurgent <laughs> or whatever the second <laughs> like that's how okay I was that I was like how can I kill time right now <laughs> oh no no God. shade hopefully everybody was good I don't <laughs> everybody I know was good so hopefully whoever's listening isn't like that's so insensitive but it is what it is and i think right at least at this point looks like things have like warmed up and hopefully people have like gotten power and stuff restored it's just so frustrating at times um but actually it's not because when things like this happen in texas the whole city shuts down you can't really go anywhere which is almost like a blessing in disguise but for those who don't have to go anywhere so i completely understand yeah, I saved money. I was eating all my ramen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like running so I was eating ramen, popcorn, carrot sticks and a couple scrambled eggs. Like I, I was hitting all the struggle foods. I was all I was missing was a can of beans <laughs> and some rice. Being a sausage. <laughs> but I don't I don't buy that stuff anymore. So <laughs> so I, I wanted to bring up before. I don't know if you have a topic for us today. Yes, I do. Before we get into that, I just wanted to quickly talk about you people, the movie. Um, so 
So we already had kind of talked about it on our own time about how mm. I, I think the movie's fucking terrible. You didn't finish it either. No, but you made it like 30 minutes. Like you made it halfway through. I made yeah. it 10 minutes because it's just it's bad. I don't I'll quickly hit the points of why it's bad. Point number one, script was way too wordy. Number two, jokes did not land. They went way too far. They needed to cut down the joke time. Number three, felt like none of the characters had any chemistry with each other. None <sighs> of them, not a single character had chemistry with any character. Four, I felt like these people were playing roles that they didn't relate to. And that's why none of it was funny because if you don't relate to or really know who your character is at least mm -hmm. you can't deliver the lines you can't show us the relationships between you um so yeah i was i did not finish it but mm -hmm. i wanted to talk about the fact that today i found out that <laughs> the, i think i i don't know if he and if jonah hill and lauren london kissed twice or just once but apparently the one big kiss that they had was cgi'd it looked so bizarre because you sent me that video and i looked at it so it was so funny i was on the treadmill i was looking at it i yelped and i hope people looked over at me because it literally looked like their mouths had been fused together like it didn't look like their lips touched it looked like like i don't like the first round of animation on jimmy neutron if they were like <laughs> making two people kiss i was like wow it looked like when you take both of your hands and like <laughs> like hold like when you hold a hand and you like <laughs> Clasp. Yeah, when you clasp a hand, that's what yeah. it looks like. Like the fingers interwoven where their faces interwoven. Like I was like, is this what they put on net on Netflix? The CGI is not cheap, first of all. So mm -hmm. if they went to CGI for a kiss between the two main characters, I was like, did she tell him that they were going to need to CGI this? Like, yeah. I I saw this, so it's going viral on TikTok because Andrew. Schultz, I guess, on Brilliant Idiots. He was yeah. on set for the kiss. I guess he was an extra or had a role. Ah, I don't know. Makes sense. He was on set and he said when they went to kiss, they didn't go all the way. And he was like, I wonder how they'll fix it for the movie. And so when you see the movie, yeah, it looks like they're their lips are like morphing into each other the closer they get. And it looks like it has like three Instagram filters on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was like, what did what was the what was what was the agreement like what was that discussion when because my theory is that everybody all the main characters in this movie all the quote-unquote heavyweights and the oh lauren london we know her oh carisha we know her oh taco we know him i have a feeling that nobody in this movie who is like a main or side or like b character um auditioned i feel like they were all just asked yeah, I think they were just hit up in their DMs right. or through text like, hey, uh, would you want to be in this movie that Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill are? <laughs> I feel like Kenya Barris and Jonah like just asked whoever was in their their contacts like, hey, we're doing this movie. This role suits you. Would you want to do it? <laughs> and they all said yes, because I, I just don't understand how you get the role, but aren't willing to kiss Jonah Hill or act like you're in love with him. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know if it's because I don't know if it's like a principal thing or she's just not ready to have chemistry on set with somebody after. I literally don't understand. But I was I saw that and I was like, that is just so they might as well just not kissed and almost like, you know how they used to do in TV shows where it's like, you know what it reminded me of? High School Musical. The first one, Troy and Gabriella didn't kiss. And it was like everyone was like on the edge of their seat. That first one, I remember because I watched it recently and they didn't. And every, either they mimicked it or they just kind of like alluded to it, but they never did. They might as well have just done that or something and made oh it my seem gosh. like. I didn't know they didn't kiss. I yeah. thought they kissed. No, not in the first one. I think it was the second one. Yeah. But uh, you know what? That movie was for children. I was like <laughs> 12. I might have been 10 or 12 when it came out. So I wasn't <laughs> expecting no damn kisses on my on my Disney screens. This is an adult rated R movie and we don't see nothing. Like she must. I, I just. In my head, like everybody is saying, oh, it's because of Nipsey, like out of respect. Oh, yeah. OK, so this is a rom-com. I don't know if you know that the rom part means romantic, rom romantic romance, romance comedy. So that we have to get romantic. Like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, my ex who passed away four years ago. Like, I get it. It can take time give the role to someone else. And mm -hmm. I can't help but think like, like if it was a, I'm not attracted to Jonah Hill, I can't imagine that that's it because it's no. acting. You let little Wayne shoot off inside of you. 
and give you a child. <laughs> Jonah Hill, you tell me, is Jonah Hill not... Jo- Personally, I don't think that Jonah Hill is uglier than Lil Wayne. Ooh, he's taller than him for sure. Yeah. Not by much. Not by oh, much. word? Okay. I actually he don't know. He gives me strong 5'7", is what he gives me. Oh, okay. Lil Wayne's 5'5", five five, so. Oh, okay. Fair, fair. Yeah, but maybe... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I just think that it's like they might as well have just not even attempted. Just not e- if she was so adamant about like, I just don't want to. Or I don't feel comfortable. Probably was like, I don't feel comfortable, um, which also can, you know, might be seen as offensive. You then, know what, though? Maybe she didn't tell them she wasn't comfortable until they'd already shot scenes. Because, mm. I mean, it's too obvious if she told them straight up, OK, but I don't want to kiss or anything like that. Like, I really don't want to even be touched or have to look at you too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every hug we do has got to be a side hug. Like, I feel like they would have been like, OK, well, no, then we'll just we'll get someone else to do it. So I feel like they filmed a good amount. <laughs> she was filming. And then when it came to the kiss, she probably took Kenya to the side and was like, Kenya, I just I'm sorry. I'm in my head. I just can't like it's the anniversary of Nipsey or something. <laughs> she's like i just can't i can't do it and they were like it's okay it's okay stop crying like i'll talk to jonah we'll figure it out and because that's the only reason why they would literally not make her kiss him and then cgi a kiss in between two people who were on set Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it has to it has to have been like last minute she was like i can't i or maybe she had no I want to be like, maybe she had COVID or maybe she was like waiting on some oh. test results or something. And they were oh. like, we can't. But like, no, I mean, if that is it, I would be like, y'all are the most unprofessional mother, like mother frickers, because like, how can you test? No, it's not that. I just don't even, I would love to know what their full, like their actual factual reasoning. And they'll never that. say, they'll never say. It's just going to be one of those things that's just so bizarre that it just has to be real. It's like I actually this- think Jonah would tell us. I give him less than five years before he does an interview somewhere where he's like, mm. oh, yeah, the infamous CGI kiss. Ha ha ha. Lauren didn't want to do it. Mm. It's that simple. She didn't want to do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he will totally tell people, yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> the movie was a disaster. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. It's so bizarre because the, the, it was heavily marketed like. That's how I got wrapped into watching it one night. I was like, oh, I might as well. I think the read did like an, an ad for it. I saw it on billboards in Houston. I, it's, it was on the radio. I was like, okay, you know, might as well. I think, yeah, there was a whole thing. And I started watching it and I was like, this is, it was just so forced. And I'm not, you. I feel like I'm pretty optimistic and I hope that I'm not just like, oh, I hate, 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 hate everything. But I was like, I don't like this. I just don't like this. It's just not giving yeah, but I'm sure everybody got paid, but mm. how much? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Eddie Murphy's fee is like I feel like he doesn't get out of bed yeah. for less than like seven hundred fifty thousand. He wasn't in it for very long, was he? I mean, he's one of the main characters. He's one of the main. I not in now. He's very supportive. I think he's more supporting. Unless there's like a scene where like him and Jonah Hill go on like some road trip across like the deep south. That I didn't see, but <laughs> they're marketing it like Hill Murphy, like, like they're <laughs> acting like these two tenured heavyweight comedic actors. <laughs> like, I mean, I really know what's funny is people were like Dreyfus, Murray, Hill, and uh, Duchovny were amazing, and I was like, who the fuck is Hill? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, sorry, Jonah Hill, who co-wrote and stuck. Because I'd never just heard him refer to as Hill. I was like, who the fuck is <laughs> Who's Hill? <laughs> oh okay. my gosh. Wow. Well, hopefully all involved got their check and weren't too. But stop making bullshit. Know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck. Of course they all got paid. And all actors eventually have to take a job where they're like, this is kind of trash, but I need the money. Because mm-hmm. it's literally just like you just got to keep getting projects either to stay relevant or for money or for both. Right. Just stop. Like I, this movie didn't have to be made if any of them had just been like, no, like this isn't good. But I guess when you're already on set, like you're trusting Kenya Barris because he has this track record with successful television shows. You're trusting Jonah 
because he's been in comedy for so long and he's pretty successful with the projects he chooses to do. You're like, okay, Eddie's attached to this. Okay. Oh, we got Julia on this. Okay. Okay. We can, this'll work. This'll, this'll work. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like they probably got on set and were like, this feels weird. <laughs> I, I feel like this delivery is weird. I feel like this is weird. I feel like this isn't funny. And Kenya's probably like, no, 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 it's good. It's good. That was perfect. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, like second guessing yourself on set. It's like, <laughs> I really feel like it's that kind of movie where you're like, I don't think anything we just did was funny. And he's like, no, no, it's perfect. And then you see the finished product and you're like, horrified. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, the CGI kiss. That's the name of this episode. CGI kiss. <laughs> when you are like, I don't want his crusty lips on me. Oh May I like I just like what does it take <laughs> to be like no this is gonna have to be CGI and I'm not doing it no I'm not doing it. I don't care if we have like a hundred extras watching us I'm not gonna kiss him I'm not gonna do it <laughs> the first time when I first and this is the last thing I'll say about this before we move on I just I look he kind of felt bad because I just remember hearing or seeing all these stories about Jonah Hill not wanting to do press for this movie and saying like I don't want people commenting on my appearance and all that type of stuff and like he is a nepo baby, yes, nepo baby. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's nepo, nepotism. Nepo. Nep- you're right. Um, but still, it sounds like he's gone through just a lot, and his weight has fluctuated up and down. Regardless, so I remember seeing this, and I was just like, oh. I mean, that only kind of adds fuel to the fire about like his appearance and being perceived and attractiveness and all this type of stuff. But you know, everybody, mm-hmm. no one was dragged into making this movie. So yeah, to be fair, I've seen Lauren London get it worse than him. Like. I don't know. I saw yeah, some fair, people fair. talking about her weight. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but plenty of people also counteracting that, like, she's gorgeous. She's a queen. And I'm like, is she? I mean, I, sorry. She's, she's beautiful. Can we, she's can we stop beautiful. calling people queens? Like, I just can't regulate what a queen is anymore. That's why I'm like, is she? Because I'm like, okay, Rihanna is a queen. Yeah. Is Lauren London to me is not a queen. And I, when we use it casually, like I've seen so many black women at my job be like, when they're putting their preferred pronouns, they're like, she, her, queen. Really? Oh my gosh, are they 40? Girl, I don't, they look kind of up there. I mean, I know they're not in their 20s, but I'm like, why are we doing that? And I hear like black men be like, stay up, queen. Hey, how are you? Do- Good morning, Queen. I'm like, Man rising. What the fuck? I feel bile rise in my mouth. Like, Queen. It just, it just feels like, like, ugh, like don't call me that. We're not queens. The word is meaningless if everybody is a queen. Like, we're not all queens. Anyways, um, <laughs> thanks. Queen. We, one last thing I'll talk about, just very, very quickly. Literally like 30 seconds snippet. Okay. I will say a little and you can say whatever you want. Okay. Um, th- people are mad that Beyonce didn't win album of the year at the Grammys last night, yep. I guess. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was kind of shocked that people still watch that, but I was also shocked that people thought she was going to win because <sighs> it's very clear they're not going to give it to her. So why did you, and at this point, even if they had, I would have been like, it's so pathetic that she's still submitting shit to them because mm-hmm. like self-titled and Lemonade were both like, cast aside those were perfect albums Mm -hmm. and this is also a perfect album renaissance so it's like they're not going to give it to you they're they're Mm -hmm. not they're going to keep choosing the taylor swifts and the harry styles over beyonce every year Mm -hmm. and if they're not available they'll pick some obscure person from the 90s like beck and be like oh but he's critically acclaimed and Mm -hmm. this album was rated 10 out of 10 on fucking pitchfork or something whatever they do she's mm-hmm. never gonna win album of the year i mean maybe on her 10th try but like this is probably her seventh try to be honest i mean how many albums has she submitted for this and been nominated for albums? oh actually i don't even know i just know that it's so frustrating because you can't win for losing if she doesn't submit and it's like okay she doesn't submit because she doesn't win or because she's not being valued by the academy then it's still like that's the reason why she's not submitting out of protest almost or out of like defiance. But then if she, but like that's part of her, you know, industry and it benefits her to have nominations and to submit her stuff and win. So then from the industry standpoint and her like legacy, yeah, she's going to submit and then she won't win. It's terrible. And I remember seeing like um, a, what's it called variety little piece where a voter had given their reason as to voting for her or voting for harry's house over that basically saying that like um it's like 
whenever she puts out something, it's this huge thing. It's almost like bombastic. And it's like, are we supposed to, I'm prefer, I'm like, like paraphrasing it. It's like, but are we supposed to kind of like bow to our knees because she submitted some, like, cause she put out a piece of work and like, now she has to win because she, it's almost like she's overrated. I'm like, so y'all just don't want to see her be great. That's what it is. Like what it's, it's almost this like, well, I don't like Beyonce because everyone likes Beyonce. Oh, I don't like Beyonce because she's great. I don't know. I think I, I get mad. I was mad when I saw that. Cause she, the Harry Styles, Harry Styles. That's crazy. To me, it just felt like when she lost to 19, what 1989, is that what she lost to that year? Adele. Oh wait, no. Who was that? Um, For, she, she lost to Taylor. No, Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. No, she lost to Beck and then she lost to Adele. I guess at the AMAs or whatever, the VMAs, when her video for single ladies lost to you belong with me. Like it felt similar. Like, I don't know. Harry is mega popular. So you can't act like he's not popular. You can't act like he didn't have the sales. You can't act like he wasn't way more commercialized than her. His songs were on every radio station. Everybody's Spotify, Spotify, not everybody, but a lot of Spotify rap lists Mm. and uh, people like the album. I personally obviously have my preference of who I thought should win, but I don't think that just because I appreciate it more, and obviously to black women, like she matters way more than Aries. Oh, Styles. yeah. So, so that's why and I think to black I'm right. people. So yeah. that's why we're going to be like, what? There's no way. Absolutely. But I also just feel like they don't want her to win. Yeah. There's, I would, that's if the problem. she's up against Harry or Taylor Swift or Adele, Bruno, they will always find a reason to give it to somebody else. They're not going to give it to her. And it, but and I don't why know is what that? she did. I don't yeah. know if she did something. I don't know if it's literally just like a black woman thing. I don't know. But at this point, I'm just very confident that like, no. And to me, it's kind of pathetic that she continues to submit. You said she has to or that like it's good for her career. At this point, she's like heading towards the end of her career. Mm. Like it, she's at her She's hit her peak already. Hmm. And I know that probably makes people who love her like, oh, she, just because she's 40 doesn't mean she's hit her peak. She's kind of hit a peak. Hmm. And I don't think that there's no anywhere else for her to go. Like, I don't think that her winning means that she would get more opportunities. She She's getting all the opportunities that she wants. She just won her 32nd Grammy. Like, she's mm-hmm. blowing everybody out of the water. I think it's just the last thing on her list that to be the best she needs to check off Mm -hmm. so that's why i think she's bothered and i think that's why she keeps submitting because it's like the one thing that she Mm -hmm. just doesn't have but -hmm. at this point it's like they are spitting in your face like they keep having you come you prefer perform most of the time when you do come people watch because they know you're going to be there and Mm -hmm. then you don't win it and you're probably like at this point, like I would feel so dumb for submitting. It just makes me think of like Frank Ocean. He is one of the most sought after artists when it comes to even just when his music drops, which he is dropping new mu- music this year. Mm. Um, he's touring. He's going to be at some festival, maybe Coachella or something this year too. But yeah, when he tours, he's sought after. People respect the hell out of him. And he doesn't hold himself to these fucking white man's like Mm. measures of success like how many grammys have i won how many have i been nominated for did i win album of the air how many where did i reach on billboard like where did i like he's not concerned with these kind of things he just knows that he's the shit and that people Mm. love his music and i would have more respect for beyonce if she also was like Mm. i don't need to do this and i'm not gonna do it anymore like if she boycotted and she actually maybe spoke up about this I feel like a lot of people would follow suit and they would have to make a change, but she'll never speak up. And mm-hmm. I don't know if she'll ever just officially stop showing up because to her, I feel like she's one of those. I don't want to be a quitter. I think it's the principle of, of the thing. Yeah, I think it's a principle of the thing for her because it's frustrating because she is of a different generation than like Frank Ocean and like the rest of us. Like she started in like the 90s mm-hmm. and for her with Destiny's Child and everything like that, like big like Grammy Awards award shows is like was a big thing it's still a big thing to a certain extent but not like it was back then so maybe she's still operating under that standard and like going back to the principle of the thing it is a slap in the face that she still is not winning these awards and maybe this might be the you know the straw that breaks the camel's back for her but just like as a person who's followed her career for my entire life or I guess when I was cognizant of Beyonce and her stuff it's just like what like outside of you not wanting to give it to her because she is a black woman who is obviously the best of the best like there's no denying that she is the best of the best in terms of like artistry and performing in her realm of music 
what like what else is it it's so and it's frustrating to like continue to see that mm-hmm. and yeah. i don't know and i don't even it's think it's as simple as like her being just black or a black woman or whatever um i think it's more if i had to guess why i would think it's more along the reasons as to why like Nicki minaj wasn't nominated uh mm-hmm. this year where was i going with this Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Here I go. Because it's, I don't know if Nikki was specifically saying this herself, but just like when you nominate, no, she didn't say this. Maybe somebody else did. When you get like people like Big Lotto and like mm-hmm. industry people, like they are owned essentially by their record labels who make sure their music's blasting on every radio station, their marketing is there. They put them up for these awards, all of this stuff, because mm-hmm. They're at a point in their career where the more visibility they get and the more awards they get, the more they can sell, the more they can charge for concerts and stuff. And then who gets the biggest cut out of most of that? The label. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a monopoly of just like putting money into this artist who you own most of the shares on and you Mm -hmm. get it back or whatever. And with Beyonce, I don't think that they get much money out of her. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, And she keeps it. She gets most of it. That's why she's not on the radio like that. That's why, I mean, when she tours, like like I said, like she has nowhere else to go because she's already charging as much as she can. Like whether she wins another Grammy or award or not, like she's still going to be charging an arm and a leg and mm-hmm. selling out stadiums worldwide. So there's nowhere to really go with her and there's no way to really monetize Beyonce but you mm-hmm. can with like Harry Styles and Big Lotto and mm-hmm. Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish and these other people who are just newer in the game and I don't know what deals they've signed we know that Harry writes most of if not all of his songs or something like that so mm-hmm. but still I still feel like these young people signed to these big labels the labels are making way more money than mm-hmm. the artists themselves are and that's that's the last I'll say about that mm-hmm. I still don't like it <laughs> that's all i'll say yeah i don't i don't like off. any i don't like racism i don't like capitalism <laughs> i don't like uh having strangers sit next to me anywhere <laughs> <laughs> but like it's gonna have like it, it is what it is the only thing is in this case i feel like she just doesn't have to submit and that would be enough like i would rather see her be like I don't give a fuck about any of this. Like, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't have to submit. I feel like she's bigger than this. So Mm -hmm. for her to keep putting herself up against people like Harry Styles is like, Mm. why why, why are you still submitting to this? And they've been like turning, like they haven't been giving you what you deserve for years now. And you're still Mm -hmm. like playing the game with people who are like half your age, who the industry is more like favorably treating and looking upon because they make more money off these other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is my point of view and i don't yeah. view the grammys as like a big deal because look at the fucking people who win shit nowadays like it's worthless in mm-hmm. my opinion it's tough too because i think i can imagine that if she didn't submit something like renaissance you know there would be a lot of like conversation it's like why isn't this nominated why isn't this why isn't this and i don't know i feel like we i would I, know wouldn't we the reason that we wouldn't know for sure, because she would never tell us the reason why. Yeah, but we would. Eliminated. It's like how we never know anything for sure. Like, we'll, yeah. we'd still speculate and people would probably be like, because when she submitted Lemonade, they didn't give it to her. When she mm-hmm. submitted Self-Titled, they didn't give it to her. Mm-hmm. So this album was for us. Like, she doesn't need to play the game anymore. She's just putting out fun music, making her money and touring. I mean, I feel like that's a specific point of view that I think the general like oh yeah I listen to music on Good Morning America and Kiss FM type of person wouldn't think about they'd be like oh why isn't she nominated and those are like that that's mainstream America so I mean I don't know yeah I mean I think we she just would have to be so dumb to not know if she's not nominated then it's because she didn't submit you'd be surprised <laughs> I mean Nick, maybe you would be surprised because Nikki herself yeah. did submit and wasn't nominated <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which yeah. you would, I was kind of shocked at myself. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or no, she was or something. They just wanted to put her in pop or something, right? Yeah, and then she pulled it or something. That was the argument. I don't really know where it landed because, again, yeah. I don't really care about Nicki Minaj or the Grammys. So I was like, oh, that sucks. And then I just kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. But let's get into the main topic that you have for us today. Yes, yes. More (laughs) mental health focus. And it actually kind of aligns with the statement you just said, it is what it is. So I want to talk about values focused living and how that relates to mental health and the idea of creative hopelessness and where that comes from. 
So as a back backdrop, I um, went to school and learned about therapy. And there are a lot of different areas of therapy that are helpful for different types of situations, experiences, things like that. And one, and one of the big things is like cognitive behavioral therapy. Like a lot of people know what that is, is the idea that your thoughts influence how you feel, your behaviors influence how you feel. And it's a lot easier to work on your thoughts and to work on your behaviors and change your feelings because the way you feel is valid and it's the way you feel based on context, based on identity, based on what's going on in your life, based on stress stressors, things like that. From cognitive behavioral therapy came a bunch of third wave, different types of therapy, one of which being acceptance and commitment therapy, um, which is like a form, or I guess like an offshoot of CBT that's still focused on thoughts and still focused on actions or behaviors, but is more aligned with like radical acceptance and accepting that, yeah, you have these thoughts that are informing how you feel, you could change them, yeah, but you could also kind of accept what they are for what they are and not allow them to take control of your life. And one of the ways that we can do that is try to think about like, okay, there are a lot of different values, which are like beliefs that define what are important to us. And when we live in line with our values, we tend to feel better and be happier or feel more content or be more productive, whatever is like well-being for you. Then if we don't live in concordance with our values, sometimes our situations can affect why we don't live in concordance with our values. Trauma can affect how we don't live in concordance with events, a bunch of different things. But as opposed to focusing on the thoughts themselves or focusing on necessarily what happened to you thinking about your values and being more purpose-driven can help with mental health. And my question for you, Joy, is what are some of your values? Because that could be a helpful conversation to get started on. Um. Okay, I'll go with this because I have questions. But okay. let me not take you off course. My no, values, okay. I value being direct. Mm -hmm. I value honesty. Mm -hmm. I value... I want to say loyalty, but that sounds so corny. No, that's I guess one what of the I values. just mean is like, yeah, I guess I do value loyalty. Just like being there for people that you care about. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, is that what it, like morally? What do I value, or just like anything? I value my pets. I value, yeah. <laughs> I value my solitude. Yeah, I value being able to do things when I want to do them. That's why I'm mm -hmm. not very good at doing things with others. I get mm -hmm. so annoyed. <laughs> Because I just want to do things when I want to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess those are my main things. Yeah, those are all values. Basically, just beliefs that define like what's important to you in life. Like I have a list of, or there's a list of values that if I were doing um, ACT or acceptance commitment therapy with someone, um, I talk about like respect, loyalty, um, success, money, power, freedom, fun, popularity, relaxation, family spirituality, achievement, beauty. These are all things that you can value for better or for worse. But the whole idea is like, whatever you value is what you're going to spend your time doing. And you're going to like act on your choices are going to be based on what you value. And sometimes that's easy to do. It's like, okay, yeah, I value good food. So I'm going to go out and get good food. And sometimes it's hard to do. It's like, yeah, I might value, you know, good health, but then I'm like not eating healthy or I might value beauty, but I'm not like not you know, promoting beauty in myself or something like that. It's like, sometimes you life just happens where you don't work in a concordance with your values. And sometimes that can affect how you feel, but you mentioned you had questions. Yeah. So because you were that. talking about cognitive behavioral therapy and then the acceptance thing, which is just about accepting your thoughts mm -hmm. or accepting that you feel this way in this moment or something. But then you said like, just focusing on your values can help you. And so I wonder if, for example, the issue is that let's say you've just like suffered a breakup and mm -hmm. you're like in your head about it. How can mm -hmm. focusing on your values help you through that? Mm, good question. So from uh, let's say from a CBT, pure CBT, like Aaron Beck perspective, if you're like, I feel this way because I had this breakup um, and these are all my thoughts, I should have known better. I'm a, like, I'm a failure at love. I'm never going to find anyone that a cognitive behavioral person would be like, okay, let's track all of these thoughts, identify how they're problematic or how they're maladaptive and then cognitively restructure them. So if it's like, oh, well, you feel like you'll never get in a relationship again, 
that's all or nothing thinking, which is a problematic way of thinking. So let's restructure that. It's like this relationship may not have worked out, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to get one again or something. So that's focusing on changing the thought from an acceptance and commitment therapy point of view. And I'm oversimplifying it. So if any of y'all are act therapists, don't you know shoot me or whatever. But if you value, let's say like relationships and forming relationships with people and this relationship didn't work out, thinking about, okay, so you value relationships. What are some things that you know are helpful for you in a good relationship? And you can write down all those things like, Hey, so what are some of those things that could, that you can work on or that you can address right now? Or what are some of the choices that you can make so that you feel as though this idea of like a good relationship would be helpful? It's like, well, I like being around people that love me. Like, okay. So like, why don't you write down like three people who you could talk to that, you know, are people who love you and people who you might feel like, okay, I have relationships with these people. They may not be romantic, but they're important to me. So let me like turn myself towards them and seek, you know, relationship with them, even though this one romantic relationship didn't work out or things like that. So like actions that are aligned with your values can help you feel better as opposed to, and if we're doing like a more collective approach, addressing your thoughts that are maladaptive because of what happened. It just kind of depends what works with the person. So for example, cognitive restructuring may not work for everyone. You may find it difficult to like change your thoughts or think about, okay, well, okay, sure. This relationship didn't work out. That doesn't mean I may not have a relationship again. Great. But when I think about him, I'm going to still think about this relationship that sucks, you know? So as opposed to using that, it's like, okay, that may not work. So what about think accepting the fact that this happened and then making choices or doing things that align with the values that you have. So that's more, more like action oriented as opposed to changing a deficit, which is a way that you can think about cognitive restructuring if you're criticizing cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's kind of like the difference. It kind of, the, the whole reason that ACT was developed is a way, it was like a third wave response to CBT because CBT doesn't necessarily work for everyone. I think it's perfect. I think it's helpful. It's helpful for me, but I also think ACT is helpful and it kind of just depends on what works for the person. Which one is ACT? Uh, acceptance and commitment therapy. Okay. And that's the one that works with values. Values. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Cause I was, yeah. I thought it was different. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's a, it's a lot of terms, but I think that sometimes it's helpful to talk about what values you have. Um, and trying to think about like, okay, right now I feel kind of crummy in this area of my life. Is this area of my life living in accordance with my values? For example, to bring a person, like bring it down personally. I know that if I, like, I have an idea of my top tier self where all of my main, like, if I were going to say some values that I have, it would be like, um, let me look at my list. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Relationships like with friends. Um, relaxation, creativity, peace, respect, um, humor, honesty, family, things like that. So if there's something in an area of my life that I know I'm struggling with, I, I would try to think about like, okay, what part of my life does this fall into? Does it fall into any of these categories, like of these values? Like, let's say work. Work might fall into an area that might touch like three or four different values. And if any of those values don't feel like they're being addressed, I might work towards addressing how can I help promote this value as opposed to how can I deal with my shitty experience at work or something like that? Cause you may not be able to change that. We can accept that, but there might be things you can do in accordance to your values that might help you feel better about the context that you're struggling in. Okay. Let's do a quick example with work. Cause I'm still not getting it. So okay. let's say that you're upset because you were passed over for a promotion. Gotcha. And so this hits your values of money, success, mm-hmm. Let's just stick with us. Money and success. Mm-hmm. So how can we use ACT mm-hmm. and focusing on your values to help you get through the fact that you were passed over for a promotion? Great. Uh, the great ta- uh, example. Example. <laughs> great example. So I would think about like, okay, this area of work addresses these values. Is, is work the only area that addresses those values? Or is there any other area in your life that could address those two values of success or wealth? Yes, I am successfully like, um, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to, sorry, I don't want to turn this into like, okay, let's do some therapy exercises. But that's no, no, no. I was just trying to think of an example, and yeah. I can only use myself. Uh, what's a good example of being successful? I guess if you have like, let's say you have a successful online blog, yeah, or a successful podcast, mm-hmm. or a successful like you successfully work out. 
every day mm-hmm. and you've mm-hmm. like seen a change or you feel better. I guess what you're saying is like redefined success. Like it doesn't just absolutely have to be work yes. or whatever. And wealth, like, are you wealthy in friendship? <laughs> like, no, yeah. I mean, sometimes it does. <laughs> One thing about act that I will say is like sometimes it sounds corny. For example, act is really heavy on like metaphors. Like one metaphor is like leaves on a stream, which basically identifies like, okay, so we have these thoughts. These thoughts may not be helpful. Um, CBT would say, okay, let's like restructure all these thoughts. Let's do some cognitive coping. Let's do all of the act would be like, okay, so imagine you're looking at a stream and there are a bunch of leaves that have fallen from trees that are on the stream. Just imagine them floating down the stream easy, no matter what direction the waves are going in this stream, the leaves kind of like follow the direction of the waves, just kind of floating down until they reach their destination. Now imagine that your thoughts are also like these leaves on the stream. Like they may fall from the tree of your brain or or whatever, and then land on this stream and then easy, like flow through the stream until they reach wherever they're going. Just anytime you have like a negative thought, that's not helpful for you. Don't let it stick and internalize in your mind. Imagine it as if it's a leaf on a stream. That's just like flowing through your brain. You acknowledge that it's there, but eventually it's going to like pass through and just like allow this thought to just pass to you. Acknowledge that it's there. Don't try to dismiss it. Like the, don't pretend that the thought's not there. Don't try to change it. It's just doing its thing and let it go. Like that kind of sounds like corny, but that's like one of the most like popular metaphors. Yeah. Act. Yeah. We're truly all different because that is not me at all. I don't, I, I don't meditate. I don't visualize. None of that shit works for me at all. Mm. Well, that's why I wanted to also bring up creative hopelessness. So creative hopelessness is another area of act where you may be thinking about, let's say like your thoughts might be getting stuck in your head. I know this, ex- I ex- experience this a lot. Your thoughts might be getting stuck in your head. And you might be like, okay, I have these thoughts or I'm like, they're racing. I don't know what to do. They're infecting how I feel. They're affecting what I do in life. It's really hard. A lot of times when we have these thoughts that are like not helpful, um, we tend to approach them from either avoidance. So trying to avoid the thoughts or avoid triggers that relate to those thoughts. We may try to like subdue them um, with like substances. We might try to opt out of those thoughts by just being like, okay, well, it doesn't matter. Even though it may matter to you, it's like, I'm just going to try to opt out. We might try to distance ourselves from these thoughts. Um, I kind of said the, the acronym is DOTS. I think I went <laughs> a little bit backwards. Just basically all the ways that you can address these thoughts that may not be helpful. Whereas creative helplessness is like, okay, so what if all the things that you've done to help address these thoughts that are getting stuck, what if you just don't do anything? You're just like hopeless. You're just like, okay, I can't address these thoughts. Now what? Azalea Banks, like, now what? Creatively hopeless. Like, okay, I have these thoughts. They suck. I'm just, I just can't do anything about it. That'll kind of force you to think about like, okay, then if what you're doing isn't working, maybe what you're doing isn't working kind of for a reason. And you can't really control that to kind of let go of controlling these thoughts and allowing them just to pass through. So that's kind of a way to bypass this, like leaves on the stream, hokey pokey to some people, which may not help. Like, okay, well, I can't think about my thoughts not being there because they're there. It's like, okay, well, what do you do when you have negative thoughts or thoughts that aren't helpful? Um, well, I drink and try to subdue them that way. Does that help all the time? No. Okay. Well, sometimes I avoid them. Like I just kind of like check out and avoid the thoughts and go on TikTok for four hours. Does that help you with those thoughts in the long term? No. It's like, okay, so you do all these things. They don't help. So maybe none of the things you can do help. Maybe you're just helpless and none of these thoughts help. So if none of those things help, why don't we try a different way to address them where it's just, we don't address them at all. And we accept the fact that they're there. So that's kind of another way. And think about those thoughts. That's interesting. That sounds so sad. <laughs> like what if nothing works? Well, then nothing works and you can just sit with your thoughts and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. But in, in a way it's almost like freeing. It's like, wow, I try to take so much control of my thoughts all the time. Sometimes we feel like, okay, well I got it in order to feel better. I got to just like, Take these thoughts by the horns and just like cognitively restructure them, ignore them, subdue them, distract myself. You have to do all this work to deal with these thoughts that are just like destroying your life. That's extreme, um, but are just making life hard. It's like, well, what if you just don't do anything? What if we're just helpless and we can't do anything about these thoughts and they're just there? Doesn't that relieve so much stress of all the mental strength that you have to use to like think about these thoughts, address these thoughts. That's a lot of effort. What if you just don't do anything about them and let them be and see what happens? 
after a while. What's typically the outcome of that? That kind of sounds dangerous to just leave it up to chance. Well, it, it, it does depend on the type of thoughts. These are usually thoughts that have to do with anxiety. So I would use creative hopelessness if I was talking to somebody with anxiety. I wouldn't necessarily do that with someone with OCD. We have like these intrusive thoughts that are so distressing that you have to do like a compulsive behavior to address them. I wouldn't do that with OCD, but with anxiety, a lot of the times anxiety is related to a difficulty tolerating uncertainty or just an exaggerated response to something that's not dangerous, but your body is responding as if it's dangerous. So if you kind of let yourself experience that thought, yeah, it's going to suck in the, in the actual, like during the time that you're experiencing it. But for a while or after a while, that distress that you're experiencing from that anxious thought will subdue because the thing that you're fearful of isn't really happening, especially if it's future oriented, because a lot of time worry is future oriented. Fear is present oriented. And anxiety makes us think that we're fearful of stuff that isn't actually there. Fair, fair enough. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to bring this up as something that might be helpful, because for me personally, disclosure, I've been (laughs) struggling with thoughts. Just in general, um, I don't know if it's me just being exposed to like anxiety work a lot more now, um, but I'm very aware of my thoughts. I'm very aware that they are, they can be maladaptive. And sometimes I even feel some level of guilt. It's like, okay, I know I'm having a maladaptive thought. I know I'm catastrophizing. I know I'm, you know, engaging in black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking. Why am I still doing it? It's like, well, Sometimes you just can't control it. Maybe the way that you're trying to address them isn't working right now. Why don't you just let those thoughts be? What happens if you sit with this thought that is distressing you for a while? Like what happens if you just acknowledge that it's there and recognizing that at some point that thought will dissipate? How do you feel after that? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's helpful to have like multiple strategies Mm -hmm. to address thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say thank you (laughs) for that, honestly. (laughs) I'm in a good place, so I feel shitty talking about things, like even giving advice on stuff like this, because it's like, all you got to do is just don't think about it or just pretend (laughs) an asteroid's hitting the earth. And it's like, girl, because you're not suffering right now. Like my anxiety can be through the roof and I'm quick. I mean, y'all have heard the episodes if you've been listening where I've come on and I've been like, oh, sometimes I don't want to be here (laughs) (laughs) or whatever. So I've been there and I'm not in there right now. I'm not there right now. So it's easy for me to just kind of talk about it or whatever. Um, But yeah, this is a mental health podcast sometimes. So (laughs) yeah, sometimes. And it's, it's fun to talk about. I mean, personally, I always, man, I feel like my heart's on my sleeve. I like talking about this stuff. I think it's fun. And I think it also is okay for it not to be fun and for it to be difficult and to like try to think about an alternative way of thinking. Cause for the most part, there is, there are alternatives. I will say, I would love to do a discussion on like liberation psychology um, because like the big criticism with like CBT, even with ACT is like, well, you can't CBT your way out of like racism, poverty. You can't act your way out of poverty. Like, oh, I accept that I can't pay my bills today. Huh, let me let this thought like go through my mind. It's like, you can't pay your bills. Like, what am I gonna do, you know? And there's a whole like other branch of psychology that focuses on that more in a realistic, like almost solutions focused way. So that could be something else we talk about. Yeah, I mean, those things are like heavyweight things where it's like I'm not going to pretend like you can like you said like you can ACT or CBT or EBT (laughs) your way out of this kind of stuff yeah so for our deep think do you have anything additionally that you would care to discuss oh honestly I feel like everything was a big deep think I think the one thing I will say is one thing that I've leaned into recently is and I mean we talked about this before affirmations like just really almost like double dosing myself. The dosage of affirmations is like quadruple um, with things. Cause I think it helps when you're like in those, you know, stuck thought moods or trying to kind of accepting things, how they are, aren't helpful. For example, my affirmation today was I release all negative thoughts about the past and all worries about the future. Why worry about something that hasn't happened yet when you could ease just as easily choose to believe that it'll all work out. Will this help be helpful in every single situation all the time? No. But I'm choosing for it to be helpful right now and it's working. So <laughs> affirmations is something that I strongly, strongly align with. That's yeah, that is your thing for sure. You got sticky it. notes like Mary Jane. I do. Where your, is it? All over your <laughs> apartment. <laughs> 
Um, my quick deep think. So if you listen to our episode on emotional splinters, I don't remember what it's titled, but anyways, hmm. so I kind of talked about how you can still dream of people that you haven't talked to in years. And it, to you, you're like, no, I know that that wasn't a good situation or like we are not meant to be together or whatever. Or, I don't even miss that person as a friend, whatever, but they can still appear in your dreams and wondering why that is like, do you have unfinished business with them? And I just wanted to talk about so TikTok has taught me this word called limerence. Oh, and yeah. you tell me if it's a real word or if it's a TikTok word, but it has a wiki page. And oh. so limerence, <laughs> limerence is a state of mind which results from romantic or non-romantic feelings for another person and typically includes intrusive, melancholic thoughts and or tragic concerns for the object of one's affection, as well as a desire to form or maintain a relationship with the object of love and to have one's feelings um, reciprocated. It can also be defined as involuntary state of intense desire. I saw like more articles that were kind of like, oh, it sounds like infatuation or a crush, but like a crush is characterized as like an immature, like you typically don't know much about a person that you're infatuated with or you have a crush on. It's typically like, oh, I just met them and I think they're so cute. Oh my gosh. Like how we have a crush on like whoever you would have a crush on. My mm -hmm. crush used to be Logan Lerman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whoever you have a crush on where it's like, you obviously don't know them, but you just like fantasize about your life with them and whatever. Mm -hmm. Limerence is when you actually do know them and you know them pretty well. And then I saw like a TikTok that was like, if you dream about a person, it is because you have unfinished business because a part of you is not letting them go. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I know. Was it a tarot card? <laughs> There was somebody who's like, my name is George P. Jefferson, and I'm a brain doctor, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Girl, shut up. How these people are when, when they start a TikTok and they're like, I've been obsessed with this band for 10 years, so I know what I'm talking about. I run a nail salon, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I went to school for neuropsychology, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Oh, Okay, I guess mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. I won't question you. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, and then the other quick thing I will say, just to wrap it up this episode, to wrap up this episode, is just that I caught up on White Lotus. I saw both season one mm -hmm. and season two last week during the great winter storm of Central Texas 2023. <laughs> and to me, season one is just better than season two. Mm -hmm. Season two is kind of dark. Season one was fun. And I feel like it had a, a cleaner message Season two, I'm still trying to kind of think about what I was supposed to really like. I, I was thinking a lot, but I was like, I can't focus on any particular thing because I'm not sure what I was supposed to uh, glean from it, particularly. But that's all I'll say. Thanks for joining us and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. You are listening to a Young Hag production.